Welcome to the Power to Empower, a special podcast episode exploring the history of Dublin book clubs with Lisa Marie Griffith, presented to you by the International Literature Festival Dublin for its 2021 edition, Here and Now. A quick search on meetup.com for Dublin book clubs shows the breadth and range of book clubs active across the city. There's books, run, walks, chats and tea, the Feminist Book Club, the Girly Book Club, the Terranure Book Club, the Gay Men's Book Club, Roomy Readings, the Hong Kong Meetup and Dublin Book Swap. Ireland's largest book club has a staggering 36,000 members on its Facebook page and is hosted by the radio presenter Rick O'Shea. Reading is a solitary pursuit. Why then do so many of us join book clubs? I'm Lisa Marie Griffith, a historian, avid reader and book club member. In this podcast, we will ask, why do we feel compelled to read in groups? We'll track the history of book clubs in Dublin, speak to book club hosts about why they form their book clubs, what they're reading and challenges to keeping a book club going. We'll also hear from a Dublin City librarian about how you can form your own book club and resources they have in Dublin City branches for keeping your book club going. Reading was an important support and lifeline for many of us during lockdown. And wherever possible, book clubs moved online through web conference and social media platforms. Our first book club host is Sinead Cudahy, who runs the Tired Mammy Book Club, an Instagram book club that encourages tired mums to eke out 30 minutes in a day for themselves to read. Sinead has assembled a community of nearly 5,000 tired mums who use her page to swap book recommendations, read together and very importantly, talk about how tiring being a mummy is. So I'm here with Sinead Cuddy from the Tired Mummy Book Club. Thanks so much for joining me, Sinead. How are you? Thanks for having me. Um, can you tell me a little bit about your book club and what prompted you to start it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So as I always say, it was a combination of necessity as the mother of invention and build it and they will come. Um, My mum was in a book club in her estate and, you know, I really wanted to be part of a book club myself. But I suppose, um, you know, most of my friends live in sort of different parts of Dublin and, you know, would have been a bit difficult to coordinate. So I decided to set it up online on Instagram and, you know, started out with literally one of my friends joining and then it grew from there you know people talked about it mentioned it in their own Instagram pages and things like that and now we're up to 4,800 odd followers um, on Instagram and before COVID we would have real life meetups and um, probably six or seven people at the at the beginning and now after COVID, you know, we did it just primarily just on Instagram. And then at the start of the year, I started doing it online on Zoom. And we've had up to 16 people on the Zoom meetup. So I suppose in a, in a strange way, it's it's actually helped to grow it a little bit because, you know, it's more accessible. We have people joining from various parts of the country and we even have one person who dialed in from New York. So, you know, the, the online aspect has been has actually been good for us. So you've gone transatlantic. That's fantastic. Yeah. Outside, yeah. The, the woman I know who who's she's from Limerick and was living in Dublin up until last year and she moved to New York. Um so it's you know, it's obviously been great for her too. She was able to chat with with some people um about a book, you know. So that's been great. 
So how long has it been going? Um, I set it up in sort of April, May 2019. I was back in work about six months after having my first son. Um, so back from my first maternity leave and that, that's when I set it up. I'm now actually on maternity leave again after having my second son. I'll be back to work next month. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I absolutely love the name Tired Mammy Book Club. Yeah, and, you know, I think it's really such a fantastic way to encourage mums to try and claim back some time for themselves and to try and reclaim reading. And I know when I had my baby, one of the things that I really missed actually was reading. Um, and I, I remember even moving her back into her own room or into her own room um, for the first night and just sitting down with a book and being able to switch the light on. And it was it was fantastic. It's an amazing feeling. And one of the things I really love about your book club is um, your hashtag, Tired Mammy 30 Minutes. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah. So, I mean, like you said, obviously, I think I think when a lot of people have kids, their reading time is reduced or maybe, you know, taking that time for themselves doesn't always work because they feel they should be doing something else. There's always something else to be done. Um, and so I think, you know, making that time is really important. And I'd noticed maybe nearly two years ago that a lot of people were talking about a particular reality TV show, which which they were watching and it was coming to an end. And I said, well, you know, maybe we could, people who were watching that could use that time to read. Um, so I set up the hashtag Tired Mammy 30 Minutes and it's kind of stuck around. Um, I never really expected it to. It was just sort of a thing, I think, for, I did it for, for a month and, and it's it's stuck around and it's really, um, it's good. You know, it encourages people to take that time for themselves and because a lot of times they might, you know, post a picture to Instagram, it sort of makes them accountable and, you know, they share it, it might encourage somebody else to do it. So yeah, that's been great. I mean, I think if everybody was to read, you know, for 30 minutes or read 10 pages or do whatever it is, you know, it forms a habit and oftentimes 30 minutes turns into an hour if you have that time or 10 pages turns into 20 or, you know, staying up until you finish the book or whatever the case may be. So yeah, I think it's really good to take that time for yourself. And I also like actually that the book club is very relaxed. So um, it's not necessarily about joining each of the um, meetings. You also share all of the questions and discussion points on Instagram. And there's lots of chat around that on Instagram and what people thought about the book. So it's not necessarily about being at a time or at a place at a specific time, but there's a lot more conversation going online. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's not always going to suit people to read a particular book in a particular month. And, you know, people are welcome to join the discussion, even if they haven't finished the book or if they, you know, didn't didn't want to read the book. Um, the questions are all put up on the Instagram page as well. So you can join in at your own pace or at another time or, you know, and I also try and just put up suggestions in general about specific books um, and, and anything to do with books. You know, um, I put up a post a while ago about, you know, how to get free books. And it was kind of, you know, using your library and swapping books with friends and these kind of things. So I try to kind of expand it on more than just the specific book that we're talking about that month and the, the book club idea in general. It's so, yeah, that try, try and get a little bit of everything, anything to do with reading, audiobooks, the library. They're my sort of, my three key things, I suppose. That's brilliant. Um, one of the challenges I think 
being in a book club and maybe running a book club is um, choosing the book to read. And there's a lot of politics that can go on around how to choose the book. Um, and I know one of the book clubs that I was in actually fell apart due to politics around choosing the book. But you have a very democratic process in selecting your book. Can you talk a little bit about how you choose the book? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I really wanted to be democratic and sort of a collaboration rather than just me dictating how things work. So with the book club monthly book choice, kind of towards the end of the month so that it's chosen in time for the first of the month, I put up a question box on Instagram and, and take suggestions. Now, sometimes we do put a sort of a theme on it, but generally speaking, it, it's very open and people make their suggestions and then I collate the suggestions and I kind of go through them to make sure that they're actually released, widely available and so on. Sometimes you might have a suggestion that's out of print or you might have a suggestion that's not actually out yet. So just kind of that's the only interference that I make to the process. And then I put up all the suggestions and I do polls to get that down to our final choice. And then, you know, sometimes it's it's very close and I might have to sort of make a call. But generally speaking, you know, that's just how it works. We just have a have a vote. You know, and I think it's also really good because it means that we read books that, you know, not everybody might have had on the radar, might not have been interested in or either a genre or a style of writing that people mightn't have thought to read. And sometimes that still puts people off. I would encourage anybody in a book club to read the book that's chosen, because I think part of the fun of being in a book club is reading something different to what you might have chosen yourself. But again, you know, that's totally up to people if it's something that they feel that they won't enjoy or a subject that's just not for them, then they just, you know, skip out that month and join us again the following month, hopefully. So what was your last month's read and what are you reading this month? So last month we read The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo by Taylor Jenkins Reid. And that was that was very popular and um, was quite a, a light, easy read after a couple of quite difficult books in previous months and this month we have chosen Boys Don't Cry by Fiona Scarlett um, which I believe is a real tearjerker I haven't started it yet because I think it's kind of the the kind of book from what I've heard so far a lot of our members have already read it like they've already read it this month because they wanted to read it quite quickly and it's a book that you read in one or two sittings so I want to sort of try and do that as much as possible um, children allowing so for any of the people listening to the podcast who want to come and join, how would they find you? Um, so it's at Tired Mommy Book Club on Instagram. It's the only place we are. And yeah, just follow the page, join in the chats. And so um, at, towards the end of the month, the week before the end of the month, I put up again another question box just asking people for, who are interested in joining the Zoom to pass on their details so that I can send out an invitation. And we generally have the Zoom discussion on the last Sunday of the month at eight o'clock. Um, but there's absolutely no hassle if people are running late or have to hop on and off. A lot of our members, not all, but a lot of members have children. So, you know, try and have it just after bedtime, but children don't always, you know, cooperate. So we're very easy going about that kind of thing. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Sinead. I really appreciate you joining us, especially because it's nap time. I know um, it's been really wonderful hearing about your book up. Sinead from Tired Mommy Book Club runs a book club that has many of the features of the 21st century book club. 
Sinead champions reading in multiple formats from paper to ebook to audiobooks, and it shows the accessibility of the printed word in the 21st century. Other features of our modern book club include the online book club. Switching social activity to virtual became a familiar story when lockdown started, and wherever possible, book clubs followed. But it has to be said, not all book clubs could or wanted to move online. Sinead's book club also uses social media channels to spread the word and to engage with her community of tired mammies who might find it more difficult than most to make a book club meeting. Instagram in particular has emerged as a favourite space for book clubs and for avid book readers who share what they're reading and reviews through the hashtag bookgram. Sinead's book club is also primarily made up of women. Today, women's engagement in book clubs far outweighs men's. The dominance of women in book clubs is important and while the exact breakdown of male to female book club engagement varies from country to country, in most countries book club participation is 85 to 90% female. This female dominance of book clubs in Dublin has been borne out in my very unscientific research which included a Twitter and Instagram poll and a survey of my book reading friends. I did discover two men-only book clubs, however. One is a whiskey and book club and the second is made up of men of an extended family group so they keep in touch. So men do join book clubs and have their own book clubs, they're just in the minority. Examining what the 21st century book club looks like has led me to think about how the capital's first book clubs came about and what they look like. Book clubs first emerged in Ireland in the 18th century. There was an explosion of books in this period, both the number of books and the variety. Printing technology developed to become faster and cheaper and legislation around who could engage in printing and copyright laws became broader. This led to the creation of a large number of printing and publishing houses being established in Dublin during this period. It also meant that books became cheaper and newspapers became more accessible and widely read. This was also the century that saw the emergence of the novel. Don Quixote is often named the first European novel, and it was published in 1605. The novel, which I'd argue dominates the book scene today, was slow to take off initially. The first Irish novel was published anonymously in 1693 and was called Virtue Rewarded or The Irish Princess. But the 18th century was the century of the novel, and it took off. Perhaps unsurprisingly, upper and middle class women were the biggest novel readers, It was, however, considered a danger to their virtue and there was a worry that novels would give young female readers notions, especially romantic notions. Despite the proliferation of novels across the reading classes of Ireland, they were not the mainstay of our earliest book clubs. Families and friends read together in informal groups in the home and we also know of mass reading of material like newspapers and broadsheets to spread news in the lower orders. But formal book clubs arrived in Ireland in the second half of the 18th century. The Enlightenment, spread across Europe in the 18th century, encouraged those with access to books and education to think about everything, science, nature, philosophy and poetry. Most of us will remember from school that these Enlightenment ideas were spread in the salons of France. Salons were where upper-class ladies hosted intellectual discussions and debate about the books and ideas of the day, and they became very fashionable places to contribute and be seen. 
These salons spread across the continent and are the forerunners to book clubs. The earliest Irish book club that we know about was formed over 250 years ago in 1770 by a schoolmaster in Doha County Antrim. These early reading clubs consisted of individuals signing up to a group that would club together to buy books that were then circulated amongst the group. The club then allowed people to come together and explore the contents of the book and share its ideas. We're now going to hear from Lara Barry, librarian at Fibsborough Library, about how you can set up your own book club through your local Dublin library branch and about the other services that Dublin City Library can offer to help support a book club you might already be participating in. I'm now joined by Lara Barry, librarian from Fibsborough Library. Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me, Lisa. It's great to be here. So a lot of people listening to the podcast um, are in a book club or they might be interested in setting up their own book club. And I'm really delighted that you can talk to us about some of the resources that people might be able to use to set up their own book club. And most importantly, the resources that are free to us in Dublin City. First of all, I was wondering if you could tell me how I can get a reader's ticket and if I can do that online. Sure. Well, um, obviously, since our doors have been closed um, for part of the last 12 months, we've had to adapt and we've had to make it easier for people to join. So at the moment, you can join online. Um, It's really easy. What will happen is you will get a temporary card number and a temporary pin. And this will allow you to access all of our free e-resources on the Dublin City Libraries website. Um, Obviously, we're now preparing to reopen our doors. So going forward, people will be able to join both online and in their local branch, and that will um, allow them to access even more. Uh, But it's really easy. It's free. Um, A really amazing thing about your library card, which I think a lot of people aren't aware of, is that you can actually use it in any library anywhere around the country, which I always think is such an amazing fact. So you can be on your holidays in Cork or Kerry and you can still walk into your local library and use your library card ticket. Um, And another thing to um, be aware of is that your library card also allows you not only to use the physical spaces of the library and to borrow books, but also you can access access all of the free e-resources that are now online. Um, And I mean, it's amazing what you can get for free. So you can access newspapers, you can access comics and graphic novels, you can do a language course, you can do a universal class for free. And probably most important for people who are in a book club, you can access the jewel in the crown, which is BorrowBox. And BorrowBox has just... um, thrived in during the lockdown. I think it's it's a 125% increase in use in 2020. So I think a lot of people weren't aware um, of all of the free resources that Dublin City Libraries users could access. Um, BorrowBox gives you access to free ebooks, free e-audiobooks, um, you can order, you can order something if it's not available immediately. Um, and a particularly useful tool for anyone in a book club is they have what it, we call them priority titles. And what that means is at the start of every month, BorrowBox releases um, particular list of ebooks and e-audiobooks and there's no queue for them. So they allow you between 500 and 1000 downloads of these books. You don't have to wait for them. There's no queues um, and they're perfect then if you want multiple copies for a book club. 
That's fantastic, Lara. I've recently discovered the joy of audiobooks and in particular have discovered how useful they are when you're trying to get through your read for your book club, especially um, because it can be a little bit tricky because you're reading to a deadline, which I think most people aren't used to. Um, and Borrowbox is both ebooks and audiobooks, which is really fantastic. One of the things you mentioned is that you can borrow comics. And I know, having done a little bit of research on your website, that lots of branches have children's book clubs as well, which is something really important to mention if you have an avid reader at home or um, maybe you're trying to encourage your children to read a bit more. It's really wonderful to hear about that. Um, If I wanted to find a book club, I wasn't in one, my local branch librarian could help me do that. Yeah, absolutely. There's a few different options that open to you if you want to join a book club. Um, The first one is that you approach your local library and you see if they are running a book club at present. Um, At the moment, um, the best place to look for information is on your local library's Facebook page um, or the social media channels for, say, Dublin City Libraries. Um, Most libraries um, run their own book club. Um, Before the pandemic, there was over 100 book clubs, and that's including book clubs that were run specifically by the local branches, but also what we call affiliated book clubs. Affiliated book clubs are when, you know, someone sets up a book club, but they use the library as maybe um, the source of we locate the books for them um, and people come in then and borrow the books directly from the library. So there's there's two options. Um, if your local library doesn't have a book club, uh, you can um, check, obviously, your local community groups, um, local Facebook pages, um, or your local notice board in your local library. But I would always say to people that if your local library doesn't currently have a book club, you know, there's no harm in approaching your local librarian and asking them if they would be interested in setting up a book club in the branch or online, depending on, you know, how things um, go as we move forward in the summer. Um, or you can just set up your own book club, but you can affiliate it with your local library. And that's, I just think, a really useful tool for people because it sort of takes some of the workload off you. So if you want to set up your own book club, um, you choose your book in advance, you go into your local library, they set you up with a block ticket, they order in multiple copies for you, and then the members of your book club can come into the library and borrow the book and bring it home for the month. So it's a, it's a really useful resource. And also librarians, we eat books for a living. So if you're really stuck and you can't think what to, what to read, librarians are always a great um, source of information. Lara, that's so fantastic. Um, What a great resource. I really can't wait for my local library to open up. I'm dying to get back in. Um, And that's such a great kind of call to arms as well to anyone who um, wants to get out there and and chat to people about what they've been reading or maybe diversify what they've been reading. Go and talk to your local librarian about a book club that you might be able to join or set up your own book club Um, because I think we're all really desperate for some social contact and while reading is such a fantastic solitary activity, it is so great to get together with a group of people and to talk about what you've been reading as well. Thank you so much for chatting to me today Um, and I can't wait to get back into my local library. I'm sure you're really busy getting every ready. Oh, we are. Thanks a million, Lisa. We can't wait to get back either. Thanks, Lara. Bye. So we've heard about the earliest book club on record in Ireland being founded in Ulster in 1770. But when did these book clubs make it to the capital? 
Well, Ulster certainly led the way when it came to the first book clubs in the country and they sprang up across Ulster province in town and country. It was new communities arriving in Dublin from Ulster who brought these book clubs to the city. Trading and religious links between Ulster and Dublin soon brought new communities into the city where they set up shops, directly selling their commodities to the capital's inhabitants and exporting through Dublin's busy port. A new light Presbyterian congregation was flourishing in Dublin in the 1780s and it was made up of radical Ulster Presbyterians who were influenced by the American and French Revolution and were developing new political ideas. These Presbyterians included William Drennan of the United Irishmen, who wanted to start a book club where people could share books. Booksellers were initially wary of the idea and were worried about the impact that it might have on other book initiatives in the city. Dublin's first public library, known as Marsh's Library, was established in 1707, but it was only a public library for graduates of the City University, Trinity College Dublin, and the city's gentlemen. Commercial circulating libraries were in use by the middle of the 18th century and these charged people an annual subscription and then allowed them to rent a book. Although printing was becoming cheaper, books were still a relatively expensive commodity and commercial lending libraries helped people to access books cheaply. Publishers worried about how this clubbing together to buy books and share them would affect the profits of the commercial lending libraries. This was eventually put aside and by 1791, Dublin had established a larger book club with Cork following in 1792. The historian Joanna Archibald says, The development of book clubs in Ireland in the last quarter of the 18th century reveals the remarkable contribution that members of the dissenting community made. This new community brought a new idea which flourished. It was through book clubs like this that radical political ideas could be shared. So from their very formation in Ireland, book clubs are community building, places to seek out like-minded individuals and spaces to share ideas. We're now going to talk to Susan Nakazibwe, who's part of a new book club who are looking for members to join. Susan is going to talk to us about the Black Queer Book Club. I'm here with Susan Nakazibwe and she's from Black Queer Book Club. Can you tell me a little bit about what prompted you to start your book club and a little bit about how long it's been going? Um, Well, uh, it's been going since last summer, last autumn, so around last October, August. Well, August, September, October. And it was sort of formed um, last summer. It was me and someone else and we thought there was need for a different kind of community to support Black queer people in Ireland or in Dublin, I guess. And we thought that it would be a good way to start bringing people together to try and learn and grow together, I guess. And also, I guess, after the uprise of the Black Lives Matter movement last summer, um, there was sort of a need to form a community for, you know, different types of, you know, Black people, Black queer people to kind of just like huddle together and sort of form that safe space. So how do people find you? I think you're primarily Instagram based. Yeah, um, so we're on Instagram and we also have a Twitter. Um, we're not as active on Twitter as we are on Instagram. We have a Facebook, also not as active on those. Um, but really predominantly would be Instagram. And I guess you'd also contact us via email. Okay, and you host your book club once a month on Zoom. Is that right? 
yeah, it's once a month on Zoom. And um, we normally, at the start, we had two readings that would give people to sort of read before the book clause, but that seemed a bit difficult because we're trying to cater to different readers. So it would have like a book reading or like a short PDF reading. And then it turned out that was way more difficult to do um, monthly. So now we just have the one reading monthly. So what was the last book you read and what are you reading at the moment? Uh, the last book we read was Girl, Woman, Other by Bernadine somebody. I've forgotten the name completely now. Everisto, is it? Yes, there you go. Yeah. And right now we're reading a PDF read, which is an essay by Audre Lorde. Girl, Woman, Other has been shortlisted for the Dublin Literary Award, actually. And there's a really fantastic podcast on the International Literature Festival podcast oh. channel um, where she talks about the book. Um, so you touched a little bit on some of the challenges of getting all your reading in for your monthly yeah. meeting. Can you talk a little bit about some of the challenges of keeping a book club going? Um, well, I'd say it's firstly selecting the readings is a bit of, it, it doesn't seem like much of a task, but actually like for us, because we're trying to aim to read mainly black queer reads, it's a, it's quite a bit of work to try and find something that falls in that category. Uh, these also, I suppose right now we're mainly in zoom and it's like, it's, it's a bit difficult to have people attend that because I feel people are a bit like washed out from having to zoom at work and having to do that then to then do it for you know co-curricular stuff so that's a bit difficult um what else finding new people is a bit hard with the book club I think so it's like I, th I don't know if I told you this but we've been having trouble trying to reach out to a demographic that doesn't use Instagram and we don't know how to go about that at all yeah so those are some of our main challenges Okay, so if anybody has any ideas about how you might be able to broaden your audience, they should get onto Instagram and send you some <laughs> yes. messages. Because I know that you're really passionate about growing your community. Yeah. Um, and I guess with Zoom, it feels like a bit of a double-edged sword because on the one hand, you get to reach people um, all across the island. But then on the other hand, Zoom fatigue is real for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've joined a couple on Zoom and it's lovely, but then, you, yeah, you're slumped in your chair, tired, and it reminds you a little yeah. bit of work as well, which is hard. Yeah, and it's a bit impersonal because um, we found that on some of the ones where a lot of people attended, it's a bit difficult to manage it as compared if you were in person, how you'd manage a big amount of people, you know, reading a book, you might break out or whatever, but like on Zoom, it's just, it just becomes a headache when everybody's trying to talk where everybody, you know, has something to say, but then it's just difficult to coordinate it, I guess. Even just, I know from chairing meetings, it can be hard to get that balance right. Yeah. Um, but you're definitely a community that's growing, which is really fantastic. Yeah. Um, and your main aim is so is to grow it a bit further. So for people outside the Black Queer um, community, I know lots of people are really keen to support you in developing your community a bit further. Um, can you talk a little bit about any way that they might be able to do that? Anybody who wants to support us, we have a PayPal account that we've set up and you can find it either on our Instagram page or our Twitter. And um, majority of the funds is either used to support, um, sorry, to pay for a Zoom subscription for the year. Um, and we're trying to create a website. So that might be helpful for reaching other people that are not using Instagram. And in the future, we want to set up sort of a digital or physical library where people can find books that are relevant to either you know, black people or queer folk in Ireland. So that's really what the funds are going to be used for. 
So thank you so much to Susan for joining us from Black Queer Book Club. And if anybody's looking for you, you can, the best place to find you is Instagram, Club, or also on Twitter. Brilliant. Thanks so much, Susan. Thank you. While large reading clubs and library societies were important for the exchange of books and ideas well into the mid-19th century, book clubs were important in domestic spaces as well. Many friends and family swapped books in person or through the post and corresponded to each other about the book, exploring themes and ideas. The letters of Mariah Edgeworth give us a glimpse of how books could be at the heart of Irish domestic life in the 19th century. Valerie Packenham, who has edited Edgeworth's letters, says, The family assembled every evening in the library after dinner to read aloud and discuss the latest books sent from Dublin or London. One visitor to their home in 1810 said, In this house, literature is not a treat for company, but is actually the daily bread of the family. So what did this family read? Packenham says they read everything from books about the economy, science and philosophy. And while novels were initially considered to be too dangerous, Mariah was later allowed to read them and became an enthusiastic novel reader. Edgeworth read the latest novels of the day and we can read her reviews through her letters. Packenham says, These letters are initially dismissive of Jane Austen. She found Northanger Abbey silly, approved of Mansfield Park, but gave up on Emma. Jane Austen, in contrast, was a big fan of Edgeworth, sending her copies of her novels. For those who could read and write and had access to books, correspondence became an important part of actively sharing your thoughts about new books and a book club of sorts for many groups of families and friends. Book clubs took on a new form as the 19th century progressed and occupied an important educational space, particularly for women. Access to education was limited for even the most privileged of women in the 19th century. But lecture societies sprung up and writers, academics and religious figures could share their ideas through large public lectures. These spaces were often open to women, allowing them to access education outside of a formal school setting. Reading clubs and lectures like these were important spaces for women to occupy and help them to build the argument that women should have a prominent role in public life and cultural spaces, even politics. While women's involvement in these spheres was not always appreciated by the status quo, they became important spaces for change. The Ladies' Land League was a collective of women brought together by their support for the aims of the Land League and greater access to land rights for the poorest classes. They were highly literate women who started their own paper, United Ireland, in August 1881. The suffragettes had an active community in Ireland that is often overlooked. These groups of women remind us of the power of self-education and the importance of sharing knowledge through club activities. It's in the late 19th and the 20th century that women emerge as the dominant members of book clubs. Denied equal access to education and with most women confined in one way or another to the domestic sphere, they began to read together. This can be seen very strongly in the United States during the second wave of feminism when book clubs became places and spaces for women to read new feminist texts and discuss how they apply to their own situation. 
This link between women and book clubs was strengthened when the mass book club arrived in the 1990s. Oprah Winfrey's book club started in 1996 as part of her TV chat show and it quickly became a huge public hit and a publishing phenomenon that both TV producers and publishers sought to emulate. Most of the viewers who watched these shows were women who sought to set up their own book club and the 1990s saw a huge resurgence of interest in being in a book club and even a TV series in 2002 which followed the lives of those in a book club In Ireland, we also followed these trends and we became avid book club participants and following the worldwide trend, women remained the dominant participants. Dublin City Libraries facilitate and run a large number of book clubs in their local branch libraries and these book clubs cater to children and adults and groups that read fiction to those who read very specific genres. The final book club host that we'll speak to is Linda Galbraith from one of the Dublin City branch libraries who's going to tell us all about her book club. I'm joined by Linda Galbraith from Dublin City Libraries. Thank you so much for joining me, Linda. And you're joining from the Ballymun Kulak Library branch. Is that correct? Yeah, well, Ballymun Library is on its own and then Kulak is another library, but we've joined forces for the book club. Yeah. Fantastic. Can you tell me a little bit about your book club? Well, I started to think about the book club around January when I realised that the um, lockdown was going to go on a little bit longer. And I thought it would be a good way to um, kind of coordinate with um, those who were cocooning or who um, found themselves now at home. Just a way of a social outlet. So um, I kind of was trying to figure out how to get the books to the people. And then I contacted Evelyn in Reader Services who um, said Borrow Box were going to organise um, simultaneous copies of books. So that would be ideal for book clubs then. That's fantastic. I am a huge fan of audiobooks. This is a yeah. pleasure that I discovered about two years ago. And I think it works especially well for book clubs because you're reading to a deadline and that can be really tricky if you're running out of time or, you know, something unexpected has happened. And sometimes there can be a queue uh, with Box. So that's really wonderful that you can use that service and everyone gets the book at the same time. It's brilliant, yeah. And they're audio and ebooks as well. Oh, that's wonderful. I didn't know that. I, I only knew about the audiobooks. Yeah. Um, so you've been going about four, five months? I started, well, I got the approval from and our senior librarian around the end of January. So then when Evelyn said that the books, the books were going to come online around February, um, I started promoting it around February and we had our first meeting. The Ballymun Library one was, was on its own and that was in March. Um, we had so much trouble trying to get people initially because um, I initially emailed the, our existing book clubs and there was very little take up with this because um, people wanted to meet in person. And then, um, so I emailed and I put it, um, it up on Facebook. And for the first meeting, there was three people. And it went really well. It was my first book club ever. So I was really pleased that it went really well. We got great engagement with the, with the couple of people that turned up. So then I was talking to Louise and Kulak Library about how I set one up. And we decided we'd join forces. So by the April meeting, we had our general mailing list that was much bigger. And so combined with both our emailing lists, both Facebook pages, we now have 16 people 
for on the book club. Now, some people will come to the meetings. Some people only want to know what books we're, um, we're reading. And that's fine. Like, that's brilliant. Do you know what I mean? So that's, we're happy with that. <laughs> That's brilliant. So you're giving real inspiration to people to find some books and some reading material. Yeah, it's great. And it is, it's, well, it's the kind of books I like to read because like yourself, I don't have the time to sit down and read generally. Like it takes ages, you know, the kind of, you have other things to do. So like that with a deadline, you kind of force yourself to read, you know, the kind of way. And it is, it's a book, they're books I like to read. They're generally murder. We try and pick the crime novels, you know, so um, they're easy to read. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. So what have you read so far? The first book we did was um, The Shape of Water. It's the first Inspector Montebellari series. Um, that was quite good. Um, but the second book was really good. That was The Other Woman by Sandy Jones. And that was we that was got a really good discussion going. Like everyone participated. So I think there was 11 in that book club for April. And everyone had to say there were really strong characters that you could have an, an input in. So you mentioned that this was targeted specifically to people who were cocooning, but I'm sure it's it's open to everyone. Yeah. Um, and libraries are going to be reopening soon, which is very exciting for us all. Um, and hopefully by the time this podcast will have gone out, libraries will be open. Yeah. Um, can you tell me what your plans for the future are? Are you going to stay online? Are you going to try maybe meet outside or? Um, Previous other book clubs that we've done, um, it was been great because um, we were able to facilitate my home. We were working from home, so it was very easy. And myself and Louise work on opposite shifts in different libraries. So for the main meeting, I'll be working from home. I'll be able to host it from home, which is great. Louise is going to try and do it for the library. So we're going to see how that works. And fingers crossed, we're hoping that will work. And um, we'll see. Like I suppose like everybody, we're waiting for when we can all meet up again. And it would be great to have it in the library eventually, yeah. I love that though, but because you're going to operate something that's hybrid. So, you know, it's not going to exclude people who maybe can't get to a location, but hopefully yeah. we'll all be able to meet as well in person. Yeah. Um, because there are a lot of advantages to being online as well, though, as the disadvantages and, and obviously yeah. missing people. So how do people find your book club or how might people join your book club? If they want, they can um, email either of us, um, me at um, ballymunlibrary at dublincity.ie or then there's Louise's and she's at Library at dublincity.ie. And we also put it up on our Facebook pages. So um, they, they can either email the libraries or check out the Facebook pages for details. Yeah. That's fantastic. And so this book club is part of a wider network of book clubs all across branches yeah. uh, throughout the city. Well, this is our one that we have. I know other libraries have book clubs as well. Yeah. So it was just, I think ours was different in the fact it was a crime one. Yeah. It it was born out of um, the necessity of COVID. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, It was really fantastic to talk to you and to hear about the communities that are growing online and readers being brought together in this difficult time when we can't all meet up and see each other. Thank you so much, Linda. Thank you. So we've heard from three different book club hosts and briefly looked at the history of book clubs in Dublin and across the Western world. I asked the question at the beginning of the podcast, why do we read together? What draws us to read in groups small and large? Reading has the power to create communities and through book clubs, people come together in a formal setting. We seek out people who are both like us and different to us to share our thoughts on a book and to better understand it. 
Book clubs can be a place of revolution, a place for spreading radical ideas, and can even be a harbour to shelter us during a difficult storm like the last year. Pamela Berger, historian of the American Book Club, says, For many, reading more is a noble cause in and of itself. But book clubs provide more than exposure to new texts. They offer a social space in which individuals learn and grow through collective intellectual engagement. Perhaps it is the very solitary nature of reading that makes us want to go and speak to someone else about it. Engaging with a book that has the power to move or repel us, that can stir emotions in us, draws us to speak to someone else who has read it to better understand the book and our own reaction to it. The International Literature Festival will be hosting its inaugural book club this year to celebrate the winner of the Dublin Literary Prize announced on the 20th of May. The winning book will be made available through local libraries and I am hosting a book club to discuss the winning book on Wednesday the 2nd of June. You can find more information on the festival webpage ilfdublin.com. I invite you to come and join our festival book club. Thank you for listening. Visit www.ilfdublin.com for more events and podcasts. This program was presented to you by the International Literature Festival Dublin, a Dublin City Council initiative kindly supported by the Arts Council.